it's Haley Ryan here bringing your minor league madness here on Talk the Plank. The Pirates minor leagues are underway and we have plenty to touch on today. Perhaps the biggest storyline this season for AAA so far is the amount of injuries that they've had to face. It was just reported that Mike Burroughs has suffered an injury, which would be a blow to the rotation if it is proven to be serious. Right now, he's just on the seven-day injured list, but who knows how this game of injury will work. That isn't even the start of the abundance of injuries AAA has had to face. The pitching staff has taken a blow with Tyler Chatwood on the seven-day injured list, Drake Fellows on the 60-day, and Brennan Malone also on the 60-day injured list. That isn't even all the injuries that the pitchers alone are facing this early in the season. Lonnie White Jr., Jack Herman, Solomon McGuire, they're just three outfielders that are already going to miss a portion of the season as they're on the 60-day IL. Now, despite all the injuries, the Indians are staying afloat with a 5-6 and six record. It's definitely a little concerning to see all the injuries on the AAA roster. Um, I know one of the big ones is probably Mike Burrows. Um, I know for me, I initially am someone who, when I see pitchers' injuries, my immediate thought is, oh no, is it, you know, ACL, is it... Um, will they have to get Tommy John? Will they have to get, or is it UCL, um, Tommy John surgery? Like, what would it be? Because that's my immediate reaction. And I know a lot of people are the same. Um, but I definitely know that with JT Brubaker missing 14 to 16 months and Mike Burroughs is probably already on the cusp of coming up this season. I'm waiting until they get that second opinion that Mike Burroughs wanted because if Brubaker, um, if we're going to miss Brubaker and we don't make any acquisitions, that is for actual starting pitching, um, then there is no doubt that Burroughs would be next man up, him or Quinn Priester, as they're both in triple A, but to me, it's so concerning because right now, Burroughs is only on the seven-day IL, which is not a lot. Um, but I definitely just get a little bit... I get more worried about injur- injuries regarding pitchers simply because pitchers' arms are fragile. They really are. Um We've seen Ian Anderson with the Atlanta Braves just go down to Tommy John surgery. And again, I'm one to just kind of assume the worst when it comes to pitchers because, hey, I didn't think JT Brubaker was all that bad. So that's the exception. I didn't think JT was going to have to miss 14 to 16 months. But now in the next couple of seasons, we've got a hold of fix because JT, I mean, I know we're doing it without him this season so far, but I still would like to have someone fill in that spot. And, you know, Mike Burroughs was probably going to be the next man up. So hopefully Burroughs' injury was not is not as bad as they think it might be. But just overall, if you look at the roster for Indianapolis, the the list of injuries is just very alarming. Um, there's a lot of 60-day injury lists. They're somehow for the season already, and it's 
such a young season. So to me, it's just crazy to see all these injuries so far. But again, the season's young, and they're still up five and six. So for as many injuries as they have, it's nice to see they're only one game under 500. But definitely a big question mark about the injuries. It's pretty crazy. On Tuesday, they lost 5-1 to one against St. Paul. Luis Ortiz, who we've seen in the majors with us, um, he got the loss, but he's still maintaining a 292 ERA. And honestly, if Burroughs is hurt and we need someone to fill up his place, I really loved what I saw from Luis Ortiz. I think he has so much potential and... I know potential is, really means nothing um, in the world of sports because everybody has potential. But I honestly, I was kind of surprised initially when Johan Oviedo got the rotation spot over Luis Ortiz. But now that I think about it, they're pretty interchangeable. Um, I love what I'm seeing from Oviedo. But Luis Ortiz, I'm glad he's getting some starts in AAA. And I'm definitely excited to see when they'd call him back up. Because he definitely, especially with Baker out, he could definitely be a big step in our rotation going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Indianapolis Indians, they played a little bit longer than some of the other minor leagues. But um, they definitely are hanging in there with the 5-6 and six record. I think the injury bug got them a little early than expected. But I definitely don't think it's anything much to really fret on yet um but now going to double a um the altoona curve hasn't gotten off to the greatest of starts they're one and three they were one and three but now they're two and three following wednesday's win which we'll get into wednesday's win because that was crazy um but before wednesday's win um they were outscored by their opponents 20 to 15 which isn't the biggest scoring ratio but they have lost games such as eight to two, seven to two. But then on the contrary, they also won nine to one. So there's a pretty inconsistent level to their offense so far early in the season. But the series with Erie, which is the one that opened with the nine to one win, they seem to be coming around. Um, they won yesterday, seventeen to six. And they matched their single-game home run franchise record with six homers in one game. So the power is definitely there. And on the win Tuesday, there was power on display again with Domingo Leba, Matt Frazier, and Jacob Gonzalez all going deep. Uh, I definitely think this is the Altoona curve we all are used to and we all know and love. Um... And I know mentioned in my first episode about Matt Frazier. I think Matt Frazier is critically underrated. Um, and I'm going to bring back that word again. He's got unlimited potential. Again, everyone has potential if you make it to the minor leagues. But I've always been super high up on Matt Frazier. Every time I've watched him at the curve when I would go, he always just had consistent at-bats and he always just... He got unlucky sometimes, but on Tuesday, he was 3-for-4 in the game, um, including a double and then that home run. I expect some big season from him. 
Um, Jacob Gonzalez is kind of just come out of nowhere, like for the curve. And I think he's going to have a fantastic season. But again, we'll get into the standouts and the concerns, not necessarily concerns because it is still such a young season. There's, you can't write off a player, um, this early on in the season. It's just not, there's not enough to base it off of, but I will just, be picking out a couple guys that I think you watch, keep your eye on, rather. Um, now, you know, like I said, they were trying to figure out their offense, the Altoona curve. Well, that was back-to-back games with at least nine runs. And they went over that nine-run mark on Wednesday with 17 runs, which I think is really outstanding to see that all come together. Hopefully... Uh, we can keep it going, and it's not just because Erie has bad pitching. Um, hopefully, you know, keep it going, keep it rolling. Like I said, I'm going to be spending almost every homestand there, so hope to see a great season for my part, and I am just thrilled to be, you know, up close and personal with the curve and just getting to see some of this this development happen firsthand. So I hope that today, or yesterday's game was a sign of, you know, what to expect for this summer. But going down, we have the Greensboro Grasshoppers. They have started off pretty hot. They're 3-1 and one to start the young season. They had a Wednesday game, and they have definitely been on the hotter side of the minor leagues. Um, they've had some... You know, kind of not not really blowouts. They've been like mainly close games, but their pitching has been pretty consistent, and the Grasshoppers just look really good. It just they have a cool name too. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be a Grasshopper? But um, then Bradenton though is interesting. They've started up their season and. They're one in three, and they've been outscored sixteen to nine. I, I'm not gonna be concerned because obviously, um, it is low ball, um, lower levels of the minor leagues. But you know, you'd like to see it all come together a little bit more. I definitely have high hopes for the Grasshoppers and the Curve this season, and. I'm not too concerned about Bradenton yet. I mean, everyone starts off. Not everybody can start off like the Tampa Bay Rays, who are now going for 12-0. and 0. Crazy. But, um, yeah, I have pretty high hopes for the curve and the grasshoppers, and I think the Marauders are going to turn it around, and I think the Indians... To me, it's a little confusing for the Indians because it's very hard for me to understand all the injuries and how to come around. But I think they've been doing pretty good without them so far, I think. And once they do get some of the guys back, um, I think it's only going to help them. And like I mentioned early on, it is way too early to do an evaluation of who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. It's not enough 
you know, there's not enough innings pitched, there's not enough at-bats, there's not enough games played to really dictate who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. We can, however, give you a little bit of some insight of who is who to keep your eye on. And, you know, I personally have some favorites that I want to keep my eye on, but they're definitely struggling a bit. But I'm just going to give you my insight of these way too early you know, evaluations, if you will. How, uh, to start off with AAA again, Tucapita Marcano is on fire. He's leading the team in RBIs with nine, 15 hits and seven doubles. I know we've seen this guy in the majors before. Obviously, he struggled a little bit, but Tucapita Marcano is definitely trying to get another major league spot, which brings up another point that I will get to in the end of, or near the end of the show. But Marcano has just been tearing up Triple A. And I, I really have always liked Marcano as a player. I think he's definitely been a big part of the team. Um, but I definitely think there's more opportunity for him now, and I just don't know exactly what's not transferring over to the majors or if he's just approached a swing. Because I honestly think that his success in AAA is him working on something over, and um, I would like to see him uh, make an appearance. He would definitely be, obviously, a September call-up, but... I would like to see him up sooner rather than in September. Uh, I think he's really, I think he's just a really agile player and I'm really happy that he's finding success in AAA. But on the do- downside, however, Nick Gonzalez leads the team in strikeouts. He has 18 strikeouts. He does lead the league, or not the league, he does lead the team in home runs with two, but 18 strikeouts is a little bit rough. Again, not too concerned. 18 is a good bit, however, this early in the season. But I I get into the um, idea later on in the show that a lot of people want to write off Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, Quinn Priester, all of the, these guys because they have a couple bad games, a couple bad, bad ad outings, excuse me. And like with Henry Davis, they try to um, write him off because he's, you know, he's always hit by pitch. He's always injury prone. I don't, you can't base that on anything yet. People try to write off Nick Gonzalez, but some guys perform horrible in the minor leagues and literally perform better in the majors. You can't write off anyone before they get the chance to shine in the majors. You know, no, no one ever wrote off Cal Mitchell, and I love Cal Mitchell. But then he got to the majors and he struggled. And obviously then everyone was like, okay, well, this is kind of not what we wanted from him. But people try to write off Priester and Davis and Gonzalez. And it's, to me... You can't really give them that basis until you 
see them perform until you see them play like at the major league level and i think it's way too early to write any guys off yet um just give them the opportunity they're growing they're developing they you know they're gonna struggle and you know it's him like coming up to triple a gonzalez he's gonna struggle it's gonna happen um but you just gotta let it run its course and then get them see what you think after they get to the majors or something because i think it's way too early to write off anybody especially henry davis who's only in double a like i just i get that he's hit by a pitch all the time i get that he's injury prone but then sometimes it's literally not his fault because he hits a pitch hits by a pitch but I think fighting off a double-A player this early on, I know, I know he's got a lot riding on it because he was the first overall pick. I get this. I understand, believe me. Um, but he's a double-A player, and at the end of the day, double-A player, you're still young, you're still growing and developing, and you're going to have these struggles. So... Writing off any of these players just yet are is way too out there for my... But that was my little tangent because I've seen a lot of people talking about some of our minor leaguers and talking about how they're going to be busts. But how can you base that off of anything until you see them against major league level pitching or major league level hitting? So I think the Nick Gonzalez strikeouts, I think it's a little rough, but... I think he's going to work through it. He's going to be fine eventually, but they're just developing, and it's going to happen. But in AAA, Luis Ortiz, who I've mentioned earlier, um, he's leading the team in ERA and innings pitches. He has 292 ERA, as mentioned earlier, and 12.1 innings pitched. I know we saw a little bit of Ortiz um last year but i actually really 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 like the guy i think he's gonna be great i'd like to see him up soon um it kind of goes back to what i'm saying about uh henry davis and nick gonzalez but quinn priester is struggling right now as he has a 727 era and 8.2 innings pitched but again way too early to sit here and write him off he's just coming to triple a like He's just coming to AAA. Obviously, that's an adjustment. It's still, like, pretty early in the season. Just let him settle in. Let him, like, work it through. At the end of the season, if he still has a 727 ERA, then you can say whatever you want. But it is way too early to just sit there and write him off as a bust because he's just coming up to AAA, um, and he needs to get adjusted. It's, you know, I... I just don't understand the write it off, but that's just that's just me, I guess. But while Tuna um, is starting to come around, there are some fantastic standouts. Jacob Gonzalez, first double A experience, just up to Altuna. He leads the team in three RBIs, while Domingo Leyva and Matt Frazier tied in hits with four apiece. Like I said, come back to me at the end of the season about Matt Frazier. I hope. I hope I'm right, and you guys can, you guys can hold me to it if you want. But I think Matt Frazier is going to be decent. Jacob Gonzalez looks great for first for his first double A experience. He looks great. He looks comfortable at the plate. Um, again, the pitching's been lackluster throughout the first week. 
Jared Jones, however, he has a 3.86 ERA, a little high, but again, they had given up a lot of runs, so it's been pretty hard for them to have a low ERA. But Jones only has 4.2 innings pitched, so not a lot of sample size just yet, but we'll wait to see where that goes. Um, the curve hasn't had a lot of depth with their rotation. They've the team leader in innings pitched is only 5.2. So we haven't seen a lot of depth. Again, they obviously gave up eight to eight runs, 15 runs in the first two games. So there's not a lot of depth, but we definitely see the offense turning it around. And Leo Ver Pagero is definitely heating up. He had a great game Wednesday, and I definitely think that he is going to be up sooner than later. Hopefully, I know we've seen like a very, very, very tiny, tiny sample size of him in the majors, but I definitely think that he's going to be heating up more. Bradenton, like I mentioned, he, they're struggling to begin, begin their season. Um, but Jesus Castillo leads the team with five hits. But what we see here is two guys are tied with seven strikeouts, uh, which, again, in comparison to, say, Nick Gonzalez, who is 18 himself, um, seven's not horrible, but when you're losing, one, or you're one and three on the season, those seven strikeouts stand out a bit more. But Bradenton, I think, is going to figure it out. On the upside for Bradenton, Thomas Harrington had a solid start going five innings the last time out, and he got the win. So there's some solid pitching. Just need to get the bats rolling and make sure they're consistent. Um, to wrap up these opening week standouts, Greensboro has seen a ton of action so far this season, and Jace Bowen has nonstop hit the ball. He has seven hits for the team leader, as well as leading in RBIs with five. He's just been outstanding for the Grasshoppers, as well as... Anthony Solomato for their, for the rotation has been a stud for them. He's been twirling great starts, pushing his ERA to only 225 on the young season. Chang is an upcoming shortstop who's also been hitting the ball tremendously with a home run already in the campaign. Now, the point I want to get into here is I want to mention call-ups because later on in the season we'll be looking through and evaluating to see who is going to be getting called up September call-ups early call-ups that's the premise of some of this show so however O'Neill Cruz went down with a horrific injury as we all saw on Easter He's set to miss four months, and the Bucks called up Mark Mathias. However, many fans are doubting that they made the right choice. Now, me personally, I'm not against Mark Mathias, but the Pirates certainly can't ignore what Tucapita Marcano is doing in AAA. I like Mathias, think he could be an okay fill-in, but personally, I would have liked to see Marcano get another shot, or shall I say Drew Maggi? I'm still sold on thinking that Drew Maggi deserves a chance. I mean, he's played for 11 seasons in the minors and has yet to debut. Okay, is Mark Mathias better than Drew Maggi? Are they the same? Probably, but can we at least get Drew Maggi in at bat? 
hey, at least I get to see him a lot in Altoona. But I think, me personally, Chuka Pizza Marcano should have been the call-up for Onio Cruz. But, again, a lot of fans are agreeing. I don't understand necessarily the choices, but again, that's why it's their job um, in the front office, and I'm here talking about it. But I want to see what more of this young season holds for these teams overall. And like I said, super excited to get up close and personal with these teams. And I'm thrilled to be able to, you know, just see all of the exciting prospects that are up and coming that we could see on the verge of an already exciting Pirates team. I'm super excited with what I've been seeing from Bay and some of these other call-ups. And I honestly can't wait to see more playing up there. Think of the exciting team that we'll be able to have. But overall, just stay tuned. I'll have more minor league talk with you. But that's all I have for you today here on Minor League Madness on Talk the Plank. Just have a great recap of opening week. And I'm super excited to monitor closely all these guys. But make sure to follow Talk the Plank at Talk, Talk the Plank Pod and myself at Haley Ryan with an underscore after Ryan. Thanks for tuning in and let's go Bucks.